Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. We are back here live with another episode on the Nothing But Net podcast. I'm your host, S. We are officially two weeks away from opening night. Tonight, we are obviously going to be talking about our top 10 players in the NBA today. Um, as we will continue to finish our list, this will be the last list episode of the season. It's been an extremely fun series. Obviously, we've gotten a lot of really good feedback, uh, different things that we want to carry on, and this is definitely one of them. Um, but we have some um, preseason action going on. Obviously, we have the headliner last night, Victor Wembayama and Chet Holmgren meet for the first time in the NBA. Obviously, they have met in other places. The NBA is really starting to feel like it is here. Mike, how are you doing? We're so close. How excited are you for the NBA this year? I'm doing very well. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, day by day, we are getting closer to the start of the season, and I am pretty excited. Um, I would be going into any NBA season, obviously, but just kind of the recent movement of with the you know the Drew trade, um, the Dame trade, and then you know kind of seeing in the in the back of our head uh, on the back burner, I guess what James Harden is doing. So it's a lot to be excited for. Um, yeah, like I said, day by day, we are getting closer. What's going on, Jamie? How you feeling, my guy? Great, man. Uh, Steve, Mike, how we doing, fellas? Um, yeah, like you said, NBA is uh, right around the corner. Um, got a little bit of preseason ball going on. Um, the new look Celtics looked um, pretty good the other night, um, as well as both Chet and uh, Victor Wembayama last night uh, balling out. Um, and Jameson Williams, or not Jameson Williams, uh, other dude from the Thunder. Um, Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams. I saw he balled out a little bit as well. Um, yeah, uh, excited, excited to get this this year rolling around here. Um, obviously, so there's still a little news in the backgrounds of everything going on. Obviously, it looked like we were starting to watch the early careers of. Uh, two potential very long tenure Hall of Famer, Hall of Famers, or not Hall of Famers, All Stars in the NBA. Um, in Chat and Victor, they they were very impressive. Um, they obviously bring skill sets that we haven't seen. But the biggest news as of late, or we are starting to hear who is committing to Team USA, and I think there's a lot of early uh, reaction um, to some of the names. Obviously, we heard LeBron. Obviously, we've heard Kevin Durant is in. Um, Devin Booker is in. And a handful of guys have already all committed. Um, but the biggest one of all, I think, and what has really hurt the United States in international play um, is the big man. The big man from France, Cameroon, or the U.S., he got to choose. Joel Embiid has chose to play with Team USA. And, of course, Mike, I got to start here with you. What, what are your thoughts? What are the reactions to Joel Embiid um, joining up with Team USA as they go on to twenty the uh, Olympics in 2024 in Paris? I mean, obviously, if we have that star-studded lineup, we are going to be the favorites. Um so, per, I mean, I guess if I'm Joel Embiid and I'm really trying to get a gold medal and I have the option to play for USA, I, I 
you know, I guess it's hard to turn that down, but I kind of overall don't like it. Um, I am kind of a fan of the country you were born in and that's your nationality. You know, that, that kind of, to me is kind of where your loyalty lies. I'm not even sure if Cameroon has a team, so it sounds like they do, obviously. Um, maybe even France. I, I don't know. It, it just kind of seems like, uh, I'm kind of hopping on the, the star studded train of the USA basketball, um, train, like I said, but I, I don't know. I just don't love it. Um, I know he has a citizenship in France and the USA, so that counts. But I don't know something. I think I don't know. I, I, I who else? I think Kyrie is like Australian or was born in Australian, but U.S. citizenship because I, I think maybe military base or something. I don't know. There's a couple of players out there that I think are in some sort of scenario like that. But with the personnel who we have um, that said they're committed, I kind of like just rolling with like our guns now we it's it's not like we're just adding somebody who's an average player in the nba we're, we're adding the mvp I, I don't know i also don't really love it for our look either um i'd kind of i don't know maybe that's a very self-centered uh i don't know, thought that i have but i kind of just run it back with our guys of who you know who's true and true usa blood but again maybe that's a hot take it's an interesting take, Mike. The my my whole thing is, I mean, we can sit here and we can say what we want. I understand, I understand your point. I understand him joining Team USA, um, but the big issue with the United States though was the center. So I think the Joel Embiid thing obviously is the huge sway here um, when we're talking about potential favorites. The Serbia team is obviously going to be really good if Jokic plays. Um, Greece is obviously going to have Giannis. Um, France, we'll see what France is. I mean, it's going to be the Vic first year Victor. Uh, Victor and Joel Embiid would have been a ton of fun to watch in the Olympics. But um, Joel Embiid joining USA, Jamie, what are your initial thoughts and reactions when you heard the news? I mean, it was, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say to be expected, but um, I mean, you get all these star-studded guys, like you said, um, pretty much putting their hats in. Uh, he probably just felt obligated. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it works as far as if he were to play for Cameroon, like how I'm pretty sure you have to qualify for the Olympics. So I don't really know how that works. Um, and France, yeah, France would be an absolute powerhouse with uh, Embiid, Victor, and and uh, Rudy down low. But um, you know, all in all, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. Um, you saw it as soon as FIBA was done and. Um, you know, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, any type of social media um, around the world, uh, just basically shitting on the USA, um, not being able to get it done. So um, now uh, Captain America, LeBron James, um, is rallying the troops, and we're going to see if we can be on top again. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. obviously hasn't lost in the Olympics. They have lost in the World Cup, but they have not lost in the Olympics. Uh, well, they've got – I'm sorry. They, I shouldn't say they haven't lost, but they uh, have won gold every year since the 2004 collapse. So uh, they are going to obviously go, be going in as the favorite to defend their title as they have done so the last um, – off the top of my head, I would say four trips. So it will be interesting to see if they're able to – keep their dominance over the rest of the world. 
Um, but let's move into our list this evening. Uh, again, we're covering our top 10 tonight, but let's get into um, kind of a quick run through of our list from 20 to 11 individually. I'll start here with Mike Harden at 20, Jamal Murray at 19, De'Aaron Fox at 18, John Moran at 17, Jalen Brown at 16, Donovan Mitchell at 15, Jimmy Butler at 14, Kawhi Leonard at 13, Dame at 12, and AD at 11. Jamie has Zion Williamson at 20, uh, Anthony Edwards at 19, John Moran at 18, De'Aaron Fox at 17, Jalen Brown at 16, Donovan Mitchell at 15, Dame at 14, SGA at 13, Jimmy Butler um, at 12, AD at 11. And then for mine, I had Paul George at 20, Zion at 19, De'Aaron Fox at 18, Jalen Brown at 17, John Morant at 16, Donovan Mitchell at 15, Dame at 14, Jimmy Butler at 13, 12 Devin Booker, and 11 Kawhi Leonard. With that being said, we will start the night here with you, Mike, at number 10. All right, so at number 10... Um... Not sure what kind of reception I'm going to get from this, but I have the one and only LeBron James at number 10. Um, you probably could convince me that he could be, um, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10. And probably at times he plays like a top five player. So I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not even really cutting him for his um, his season last year. I mean, he had great stats. It looks like he was almost 29 uh, points a game eight rebounds a game and almost seven assists a game so obviously the statistics are there I think it's more of what I am anticipating for um, for next year in the sense that I think he has I'm not going to say he takes a major step back not what I'm saying I think we do see a little bit of decline happening um, and I, and that is very relative speaking because LeBron's decline clearly is not like anybody else's decline um, but I think maybe like a little baby step, half step back. Um, I think a lot of people are predicting a big year from Anthony Davis. Uh, Austin Reeves, I think, is going to have a bigger role. I think there's a lot more help and role players uh, supporting him. So I think he doesn't have to do as much. Um, so I think, you know, maybe some statistics may, uh, you know, or some averages may dip a little, if I had to guess. But it's also um, the rest of my list I see kind of taking either – staying at like their dominance or taking even a step forward. So, um, you know, not, I, I don't want this to be some disrespect to LeBron. I've seen him go as far back as 13 on some lists. Obviously I'm not there. Um, he's definitely in my top 10. Um, and again, he's one of those ones that you could convince me could, um, could float up, um, even higher in the list as the season goes on. But I, I think to start the year, like I said, 10 is probably where I, I like him just based off, um, my anticipation for him this year and other players taking a, um, you know, bigger leap this, uh, this upcoming season. Jamie, your thoughts on LeBron at 10. I think LeBron still wants his respect. Damn it. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I get it on uh, 100, 100%. Um, I just think, you know, even at, in year 20, um, compared to the rest of the league, he was, he's still, you know, He's still up there to me. Um, when we talk about a all-around basketball player who can do anything and everything on the floor as well as know what's going to happen before it happens, um, I got him a little higher. 
But uh, I respect it. I respect the Mets, huh? Yeah, I'm obviously going to be a little higher on LeBron. Um, I understand we are talking about LeBron turning 39 here in two months, I believe. Um, so I, I get it. Um, the time's obviously going to come, but I think we are rushing to move LeBron down more so than we are waiting to see his play decline. Uh, just averaging under 30 a game last year, and I think we still saw the impact. Even with the foot injury, he did take a step back, but um, the early stuff that we're seeing here in camp has me excited to see what LeBron will do uh, this upcoming season. Jamie, who do you have here at number 10? At 10, I have Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, he averaged about 24, uh, 7 and 4 last year on 50% shooting. Uh, about 41 from three played in about 52 games uh plain and simple when Kawhi is on the on the court um he is still a top two or three two-way player in the league and it's not debatable um for me um defensively he is still elite with incredible defensive um instincts and quick active hands but offensively with that mid-range game as well as um finishing at all three levels with the best of them. Uh, I I have to have Kawhi in my top 10. Uh, we'd say the same thing every year about this dude. Um, he has to play. And, I mean, I could say that about four or five of my top 10s, to be completely honest. Um, but as far as talent goes, uh, two-way player, he's one of the best in the world still. Um, I got Kawhi at number 10. Yeah, I had Kawhi just uh, at the end of last episode there at number 11. I, I think we know what Kawhi is. Um, it's going to just be the same old story for Kawhi Leonard. I believe he's only played in 48% of his games that he's been able, or that he's been eligible to play since joining the Clippers. Um, that's, that's obviously not very good, and I think that just shows uh, the reason why this team hasn't had the success because I, you know, I think it goes very underrated at times. Um, when we talk about the Clippers, the night that, I mean... LeBron got AD like a, about a month or two before, I believe. Maybe not even that long. Maybe a week or two. Um, and I just remember then the Clippers respond by getting Kawhi and Paul George. And the, what those two are supposed to do to this league is absurd. But obviously it's so hard to predict that Kawhi Leonard will only play 48% of the uh, games he's eligible as a Clipper to play in. Um, and... That is what it is, but we know who he is. He's obviously still one of the best, and again, I said it last episode, I'll say it again. If he has Paul George, I don't know that the Suns get out of the first round. Mike, your thoughts on Kawhi here at 10? I think that was the one issue, or he's the one name uh, that I really kind of had a problem, not a problem, but I um, didn't quite like, I guess, in my own list. I had him at 13. Um Seemed right to me at the time, but like I said, you could when he's healthy playing, uh, you know, at his top level, then he is kind of a top ten talent in the league. It's just that consistency, um, you know, not to sound like too much of a broken record, but it, it makes sense. Um, it'll be interested, interesting to see what we see from him this season, especially with the new rule about sitting stars. Um, maybe that lead and and him being maybe a hundred percent healthy. Maybe that leads to more games. Um, that he plays in and we kind of can see his true dominance. Um, so yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I think if we see that, then it's, you know, no problem. He's a top 10 uh, talent in the league and obviously a top three, if not one uh, two-way player in the league. Absolutely. Another two-way player that I'm super excited to see 
is my guy here at 10 is uh, Anthony Davis. Just again, we can talk about the injuries and we can talk about it. But what we saw from Anthony Davis after the trade deadline moves and the run in the playoffs where he was the best defensive player in the playoffs, uh, 22.6, 14.1 and three blocks a game in 16 games in the playoffs. He was just uber dominant. And it was the Anthony Davis that we all been waiting to see run with LeBron. So for us to finally see that for that consistent time period is why I do have him here at 10, because if I feel like if I would have saw that with Kawhi, I could do the same thing with Kawhi, but I have saw from Anthony Davis might be a little recency bias to have him here at 10. Um, But when Anthony Davis was playing the way he was in the playoffs, to me, there's no doubt that he is a top 10 player in this league. Jamie, your thoughts on AD at 10. You're not going to get an argument from me, my friend. Um, yeah, the talent, the talent is um, is there. Obviously, um, the the capabilities of him defensively and offensively is um, is bar none. Uh, he's got to take over this team and um, let LeBron, you know, uh, not necessarily go through the motions, but kind of go through the motions in the regular season, so that we have him. Um, you know, for a deep playoff run, but yeah, AD, AD is one of those guys that any given night can, can give you 40, 20 with five blocks and, you know, four steals. Uh, he's just that type of player. Um, but like you said, and like, uh, you know, the, the broken record, so to speak, um, he's got to be on the floor and he's got to stay healthy. Million dollar thing. Gotta stay healthy. Mike, your thoughts here on AD at 10. Yeah, I had AD going back to last episode. I had AD at eleven, uh, so I'm you know in a similar ballpark as you here, Steve. Um, yeah, another guy like I said that'll be interesting to see what happens if he is uh, if he has a healthy year, uh, if he can maintain uh, you know his body being right, and then I think if if that happens, then I think the averages and the production are uh, they speak for themselves, and I think that I can see that for him. This season, I know some people, I don't know how real this is, don't know how you guys feel about this. Obviously, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the uh, NBA awards here before the season. But I think some people have him as like a dark horse MVP, potentially. Um, Maybe not so for me, but interesting that some people are thinking that way. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, When he's healthy, he's obviously people were talking about him being even a top five player in the in the world at, at points last year when he is fully healthy so it, it that really is what it comes down to I, I know we can say that for a bunch of guys but he is definitely him and choir definitely you know top tier of when healthy these guys are um, clearly in a, in a league kind of above some of the others yeah I mean the the sky is really the limit for Anthony Davis it's all about him being able to stay healthy and put it together um we know what it is and he's obviously going to be extremely dominant Mike going to your point about the MVP thing I just have a hard time ever believing that Anthony Davis is going to be able to take the reins and say convincingly that this is my team when you have a guy like LeBron. And maybe that's just me being biased, but um, I just think when you talk to a lot of people, I think it can just be very viewed that way. I think obviously it would be very hard for LeBron to win an MVP this year, but I just don't know um, that the voters would have the kind of audacity to say, yeah, Anthony Davis was by far the best player on this team. And if he takes that step, we are talking about the Lakers as a finals contending team, right? 
I think so, and I think uh, is is LeBron kind of already setting that narrative right now? Talking, he's about tried it. to set the narrative the last two years. Every time we do this with Anthony Davis, this is where he misses the whole year, and then we're right back in the same position uh, as, as not a great basketball team being ra- ran by an older LeBron. So LeBron has tried to do this. He wanted to do it with Kyrie. He gets AD to do it with AD. Has not been able to take the torch because of health. Yeah, so I think he's trying to set the groundwork for it to happen. I think health is definitely a thing. I think it's AD also has to go out there and take it a little and own it and want it himself, and I don't know if I fully see that from him either. See, yeah, that's that's the issue with itself. It's it's not only do you have, you know, if not the GOAT, one of the GOATs to ever do it on your team, whether he's 80 or 40, um, and him being as timid as he is as far as personality goes, I just don't see it. You know, from AD saying, you know, it's my team, you know, the, it, it goes through me, blah, 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 this and that. Whether that's the truth or not, I just don't see him being like that type of guy that that will come out and say that. You know what I mean? Maybe he'll let the play do the talking, but um, what we need from AD is, you know, a little cockiness, a little, you know, too much confidence maybe just to go out there and show the world that this is his team now. Um whether that's a possibility or not, we'll see. Um, also, I just got a message. Uh, apparently, the Lakers want Anthony Davis to attempt six threes a game um, as far as Darvin Ham says that's... for this year. So we'll see how that goes. I don't – hold on. I'm going to pull up the numbers real quick. We've seen this with Anthony Davis. Like, when he starts to go outside and he wants to shoot and he wants to play powerful, that is not when the Lakers are at their best. To me, that is a huge concern. I want Anthony Davis to be in the post where he was so dominant just a year ago. We just saw Anthony Davis take three and a half threes the first year he was with the Lakers. Um, obviously the championship year, but he was only shooting 30, 33%. And then since then, it's been 26%, 19%. 26%. I don't understand where the Lakers are seeing this guy shoot six threes a game. And I think if that's where they're going to focus, I think this team is going to util- waste a huge season of Anthony Davis. And I think we're going to be looking at Anthony Davis at more of the bottom of this list towards 20, more so than being up there near the top five. Any final points here on Anthony Davis or are we good? I'm good. All yeah. right. Number Number nine, I have SGA. Um, This is becoming one of my favorite, favorite players in the NBA. He's the two-way guard that I absolutely love. He averaged 31.4 points per game. He led the Thunder to a play-in appearance. I think he's going to lead the Thunder to a playoff appearance this year. Um, But the growth of SGA, I think if there's one concern for SGA, the shooting. Uh, Just two years ago, he was averaging 41 on five threes a game, which is a really good number. But last year, down to two and a half, only shooting 34 and a half percent. A little more concerning if the jumper isn't falling. I understand this might be a little high, but just the leader that SGA is. The numbers are the numbers. He's a he's going to get you steals. He's going to get you every stat there is besides maybe blocks. He's averaging one a game last year um but the steals 1.6 five and a half assists five rebounds i think the thunder are going to be fun and i think they're going to be really fun of because of sga i think sga is the next superstar in the nba and i to say he's going to win an mvp sometime in his career might be a little crazy but i definitely think this guy is going to be in the top three or four multiple times in his career mike your thoughts here on sga at number nine 
Yeah, I love the take, and um, I also have him at nine, as a matter of fact, so uh, I'll kind of speak to that. Yeah, um, huge season for him last year. I believe he did get some maybe third-place MVP MVP votes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Could be wrong on that, but uh, I I think he was definitely in the conversation of, uh, you know, just chatter about that. You know, obviously, the Thunder, you would have liked to have a few more wins and be higher up in the seedings to maybe get some strong MVP consideration considerations. But the fact that he's, like I said, in some of that conversation speaks volumes to um, where he was last season. And I predict I I talked about, you know, some of these other guys taking more of a step forward, which is why I think I, you know, I have LeBron further back is uh, SGA. I think SGA is going to take a, a bigger uh, step forward this year. Uh, they have a different looking team. They're going to have Chet back. I think that may open things up for him. Uh, I think it gets him more involved uh, passing when he needs to as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the SGA take here as a number nine. Um, I'm, like I said, anticipating a big year from him. I like the call of them making the playoffs. That Western Conference is very tough, but that's not to say they can't do it. Um and I don't think an MVP is that crazy for him and his future. I mean, yeah, we have a lot of great young talent in the league, but I think we're we're not afraid now to recognize some of the guys who, you know, you may not, I don't know, first go to when you think of MVPs in the league, um, if that's how I have to say it. But I think if Thunder in the future, I, I don't know about this year, but in the future have a very big year in SGA, is um, a big part of that. I can certainly see uh, MVP getting slung his way. So yeah, I have him at number nine as well. I do think I do think that we're talking SGA in the top six of our list next year for everyone. I think it's going to be uh, another great year for SGA. But now when we add winning, I think people are going to feel more comfortable validating some other stuff about him that will push him up into these top six. One quick point before I go to you too, Jamie. We kind of did, I didn't mention I should have. Um, SGA is coming off a phenomenal World Cup in which he averaged 25 points a game, 5 assists, 7.2 rebounds, and 1.7 steals. Um, For the bronze medal team uh, for Canada, and Canada, I think this is their first time ever meddling in basketball. SGA is the face of Canadian basketball, and really, that's the face of the Thunder. And I just don't know that there's many better faces for for any— team that has uh any superstar on their team i just think the world of sga and i think the next thing is him taking uh that step where he becomes a top five top six guy uh year in and year out jamie your thoughts here on sga at number nine yeah i uh i had him at 13 um probably a, a little low for you know uh some people uh i mean if we're just talking numbers alone he was an mvp candidate let uh, last year and I and I think in the next five years or so he will um, at least be you know top two in voting um, especially because that team's just going to get better with the amount of uh, draft capital they have um, yeah I, SGA is I mean now that I'm looking at my list he might be the best uh, two-way guard in the league um, and he's the first guy that's going to jump on the floor and go for a loose ball. The mentality is strong. I love it. Um, and I love him as a player. I'm very, very excited to see what he can do with, uh, with Chet and, um, the rest of the rest of the squad this year. And, you know, what helps your MVP case every year is if your team is up there in conference and wins. And I can only see that getting better and better for this Thunder squad. 
Um, I'll, I'll roll into my nine since we just got both of yours. Um, I got Devin Booker at nine. Um, to me, he's probably, you know, top two best scorers in the league when we're talking about efficiency. Um, the jumper is as smooth we've seen since probably Clay Thompson. Um, he already has been to the finals losing to Giannis when Giannis went crazy. Um, I mean, I could have him higher, to be honest. Um, he's missed quite a few games in the last couple of seasons, which hurts. So hopefully we get a full season to see uh, D-Book's full repertoire every night alongside the the future Hall of Famer in KD. Um, and I will say, you know, when last year when the injuries kind of crept up on the Suns, he was he moved into that point guard spot and looked very, very, very good. And... Um, he's probably going to have to do that quite a bit this year. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's up there in a VP voting at the end of the year. Mm, yeah, again, I think it's just going to be also tough when you have a guy like Kevin Durant. Um, now, Devin Booker, I, I do think he is probably the face of the Suns. I'm a little more down on Booker. I worry about, like, the defense, the scoring. Yeah, I mean, definitely could easily be a 50-40-90 guy. Um, the thing is about him playing point guard is I like him doing it at times, but now we're talking about him doing it for a full season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there with Bradley Beal and, you know, Devin Booker is obviously still going to be able to get his whenever he wants, but how much is the ball kind of not going to be in his hand is a little concerning to me. It'll be interesting to see what the Suns team is. I mean, um, I think it's like one of those things where you're talking about finals or bust and, I don't know. It's uh, I, some days I can talk myself into them winning the finals, and then some days I again just concerned that they don't have a point guard. The same concern that I have with the Celtics, I have with the Suns. Um, so I don't know. The more I think about my finals prediction, it, I go back. I have my days where I do think it could be the Suns, and I think a big part of that is because of Devin Booker. Mike, your thoughts here on Devin Booker at number nine? I think it's a pretty good take, and honestly. Um... If we're kind of keeping it rolling, I can. I got Booker at eight, so it, it, the nine makes sense to me. Um, we're we're pretty close here, Jamie. Booker is averaging. I mean, last season he was averaging twenty-seven, four and a half rebounds, five and a half um, assists per game in the playoffs, and this is obviously with Kevin Durant. He's averaging. He averaged thirty-three a game, four point eight rebounds a game, and then seven point two assists. So. I like that for him, seeing that he's not afraid to dish out the ball, um, find people even in the playoffs. And, you know, sometimes you'd expect those assists to go down. He also shot a whopping 58.5% from the field, which is, you know, pretty insane. Uh, and then when he's playing with Kevin Durant, um, I guess this is more regular season, not playoffs. He was averaging 28.5, 4.3 assists, and then again, 6.9 assists, or sorry, 4.3 rebounds, 6.9 assists. So, um, right now I'm not afraid of the fit. I think he can still play his game and can still get others involved if he is point guard. Now that's very small sample size. Um, and now you throw Bradley Beal into the mix. So I'm sure some things are bound to change, uh, for book, but, um, the numbers speak for themselves that he passes the eye test, uh, defense. You're right. I don't, I think in the playoffs or, in certain uh, times in a game, I think he can clamp up when he needs to. Um, again, that's not, I, th I feel like most anybody, if they really need to clamp up in a, a possession or two, they can in the NBA because it's the NBA. Um, so you'd like to see a little more consistency there. But 
Um, yeah, overall, it's he's not a guy that's uh, just getting you know two, three assists a game. He is finding others. Not afraid to get in there, uh, rebound, and his field goal percentage and points per game still are amongst the the best in the league. So um, that's why I got him above SGA and into the number eight spot for me. My thing is like, yes, he can do it, but does it make the Suns better? Like, I just I like once D books more of the shooting guard being the one who's attacking, not necessarily thinking about um, having to set up others. Obviously, having the ability to doing it is very important, and he has the ability. Um, but I like having D book more on the attack than more so making maybe thinking about having to pass because he needs to get Bradley Beal into a rhythm. Um, cause you know, I just think those are the things that where it happens, right? Bradley Beal doesn't get started or Kevin Durant needs a look like D book kind of has to like back up and think I need to get this guy a look more so than being able to come off that screen and knock down that pretty mid range jumper. I think those guys are dogs. I think they all are smart NBA players. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's going to worry about that. And I think it would so be. So you don't think the, so you don't think point guard matters in the NBA, right? That, I mean, that like, it's for me, for us to say mm-hmm. like, that the concern of, I don't know. I just think like if you're saying that the Suns can easily win a title, what I fall back on, like you're saying that the value of point guard is way less today than it's arguably ever been. I'm saying that is very circumstantial per team. But so you and you so you have no qualms with the Suns being able to figure this out. Not really. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, in in certain teams and certain players, I don't know how much point guard means. Again, with certain teams, um, Kevin Durant. Every time he's been on a team, when push comes to shove, he's going to handle the ball. Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. They're all. I mean, he whoever brings the ball up and initiates the offense. I mean really doesn't they're going to find the spot of where they need to go to or the set play i, I don't know I, I feel like for a team that has the offensive potential that um phoenix has i'm not too worried about them figuring it out um but that doesn't mean to say it's going to blow up because we've seen that we've seen the growing pains of when stars get together as well and we saw it last year with them as they lost to the um nuggets and six you know i just think there's times where they don't have someone to set things up and relying on the d books just not my favorite thing to do jamie go ahead yeah definitely i mean so me talking about d book as as the point guard is not me saying that he's going to start at point guard 82 games this year and be the you know so then who the else does on that roster so, though see i don't know yet that's the issue but what i'm saying is he is capable of moving into that role and and performing not only performing but numbers wise playing better than he was at shooting guard i'm with you i would rather see him um as the two guard just getting you know getting 50 a night because he's capable but on this current constructed roster he's gonna have to create for some people as will kd and bradley beal which i think is gonna help his numbers i it's yet to be seen um you know if it's going to help the Suns as a whole, we don't know. Um, I'm not saying the Suns are going to get to the finals. Um, all I'm saying is D books going to have a hell of a year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's going to be so much attention on KD and Bradley Beal that yes, there's going to be, 
in some sense, less attention, but yes, I, I know what you mean. I, I just, I think it's just different when you ask someone to play point guard a lot more than what they've ever been asked to do. Yes, it works in times. And you can honestly say that may not even worked in the playoffs. Did he have a great playoff? Sure. But is it about him putting up better numbers or is it about him winning? And those are going to be two totally different things. Um, with him being having to be the point guard, if they don't figure something out at the buyout market, they don't really have any more trade assets. So uh, this, they took their final swing on Bradley Beal. So now the whole point guard situation is going to get very interesting. And I think if there's a demise to this team, it is the fact that they don't have a point guard. At number eight, I will step in. I will take LeBron. Uh, Mike, we've kind of already touched on him, but I think it speaks a lot going into your 21st season, about to turn 20 or 39, um, to still be in this high a consideration. I don't know. It is what it is. You guys obviously know how I feel about LeBron. Um, I think the Lakers have a great year, and I, I think LeBron gives us one more year of where uh, it feels like you could still consider this uh, the high end of his career. And if he's able to do that, I think we can obviously continue just to talk about how how the longevity of his career has just been on a different level than so many other greats. Mike, your thoughts on LeBron here as you kind of had him a little lower. Yeah, like I said, um, you could convince me the fact that you have LeBron at eight is not, nothing for me to freak out about him it makes sense lebron could be there's there's times honestly in the season where he's probably the best player he's playing like the best player in the nba um you know but just to go forward um and what do i want to say i guess just as a projection of where he should be yeah i think top 10 and like i said i have him at eight or sorry i have him at 10 so eight's really not too far off it 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 makes sense he's it it will be interesting so you where what he does with what he has this year um i hope injuries don't you know get to him again that's not really something that's impacting him crazy overall in a season uh in his career the last couple of seasons maybe but yeah i mean like i said the, the fact that he could go a number of spots in the top 10 so eight is fine with me and jamie your thoughts here on lebron at number eight yeah i like it um I mean, I'm going to get into LeBron in a second, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, on the doorstep of uh, 39, still one of the best players in the world, in my opinion. So the only person who hasn't gone in eight is Jamie, correct? Yes. Go ahead. I have uh, Luca the Don Chich, um, averaged about 32, eight and a half uh, rebounds, eight assists last year, shooting about 50% from the field, 35 per- 34% from three. Um, I mean, he's one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, I think honestly, he's everybody's one of everybody's favorite players in the league. Uh, we've talked about this kid has been playing professionally since he was 15 years old. Uh, his scoring ability, well, not just his scoring ability. Um, I would say his total offensive game is all time. Um, he'll most likely be in the MVP conversation every year until he retires. Um, but the only knock on him I have is uh, not only the defensive woes, but he complains on just about every call he doesn't get, which leaves his defense vulnerable at times. And, I mean, there's certain games I watched last year where he's done it uh, five, six times and resulting in uh, an easy bucket for um, for the opposing team, which, I mean, just puts them in a hole. But um, if we're just talking about 
you know, one guy that you don't want to face in a seven-game series if they do get to the playoffs is Luka Doncic. Um, he's a matchup nightmare for everybody. Uh, we've talked about his pace, um, how he controls um, the game without being that super athletic guy, sort of like Jokic, but much different, obviously. Um, yeah, I got I got Luka at eight. Very interesting, because I have him here at seven, so I'll kind of move into him here as well. Um I'm kind of with you, Jamie. I'm a little more down on Luka than I think some people may be. Uh, the defensive concerns are always going to be the thing with Luka. We obviously know how skilled he is on offense. A 60-point triple-double uh, last season, absolutely, absolutely absurd what he is capable of doing. Um, but again, I just don't know that it's that capable when we're talking about winning and what does this game look like in a winning manner? Um, the stats are still going to be there. Luke is still going to be great. There's no issue with being 7-8 on these lists. It's, it's a very tough list to uh, rank high on, and this is obviously still pretty high. But I do think it's probably down uh, from the contrary because I just think a lot of people think Luka. They see the offensive stuff. Um, but I think a lot of people just forget that basketball is a two-way game. Defense is as valuable as offense. Offense, I think, gets more looked at just in today's era. Um, but I think it looked at differently back in the 90s. So I think that's where it's uh, one of those things where obviously times have changed. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still 50% of the game. And Luka Ball hasn't necessarily won big without Jalen Brunson yet. So it'll be interesting to see what him and Kyrie do this season. Mike, your thoughts here on Luka at 8 and 7. Yeah, I'm a little higher on Luca than you two, apparently. Um, so I'm not like super shocked, but I understand your reasoning. Um, I think my, I just have a different perspective of uh, best player in a sense when I think about the list. But no, I mean, defense is obviously part of the game. You said it's the 50% of the game. Um, there are other people on this list that I also think have their defensive concerns. So I'll be interested to see what you guys say about them but uh yeah i think um booker or booker well uh luca needs to prove that he can win i I don't know i don't think the Kyrie thing is like the move for luca so um i I really don't expect a a ton here coming up uh as their team is presently constructed so um but you're right luca ball is not like he's you know a, a super threat to make the finals each year um yeah he can give you a trouble in, uh, in the seven game series but once you get out of that first second round um you know where are we seeing the success so that's that those are good takes jamie who do you have here at number seven at seven i have your goat um LeBron James, uh, I mean, statistically, in his career, um, every single season is ridiculous, and and that same could be said about last year. Uh, average 28, 8, and 7 on 50% shooting, 32 for, 32% from 3, which I think, um, I think this year that should go a little bit higher, although... I think the three ball is going to be get shot at a little bit higher rate this year, just because, um, you know, he's getting older. He doesn't want to bang down low every single, you know, uh, every single game. Sometimes he might settle for him a little bit, but I also think he's very capable of shooting 40% at a decent clip. Um, also this year, I think, 
I think the assists are are going to take a big leap. Um, I think the scoring might drop a little bit, but I can I can see this guy averaging twenty nine, eight, and ten this year. Um, ten assists that is um, just because I mean last year if you look at that roster, um, there wasn't a lot of shooting. Um, now this year you add guys like Gabe Vincent and you see the um, ascendance of Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves as not only a scorer but definitely a shooter. Um, I just think, um, you know, when we're talking about a guy like LeBron, no matter the age, um, the brain to me, um, is more important than just about anything else, because although he may be getting old and he may have lost a step, which, yeah, you see it at times, but also at times he looks like the most athletic guy on the floor. Um, that's with 20 and 21 year olds and 22 year olds on the floor. So, um, Yes, the dude is knocking on 39's uh, doorstep right now, but as far as uh, talents in this league, he's still one of the best, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and had another ridiculous season this year. And he is the greatest of all time. You're right, Jamie. I got you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Mike, who do you have here at number seven? Number seven, I have Kevin Durant. Um, Still, again, (laughs) health has plagued him the last couple seasons. Uh, he's still uh, an elite talent in the league to me. Um, I know we're going to talk about the fit and where he, what happens with Beal and Book this upcoming season. Um, when push comes to shove last year, again, 47 games. So he played over half, but he would have liked to see the this number, I guess, be higher. But he still averaged 50-40-90 uh, season. He had 56% uh, you know, field goal percentage, 40 percent from three-point range and then uh almost 92 percent from the free throw line so i mean the the eliteness is still there um in the playoffs still like had dominant performances i know they lost to the um to the nuggets but with book um but then again everybody kind of lost to the nuggets so i, I don't know I, i'm not holding that too much against him i know you have your gripe uh with him Steve, but I can't deny the the pure talent that KD has here at seven. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. He's got to really kind of step up this year. I mean, the, the excuses, there really aren't many for him at this point with the teams that he's had and the personnel that have played around him. So there's no Brooklyn distractions, um, you know, no Simmons this, Harden that, Kyrie all that. He's, he's on the team that he, I'm sure, was approached about and wanted to go to. So um yeah it's on him now but i i got him at seven yeah uh my gripe with kevin durant is funny because i will sit here and say that i'm much higher on him so he is much higher on my list this evening um but at the end of the day like when it comes down to talent i've never had the question about kevin durant i've had the question about kevin durant is having the the heart and the uh the ambition to win. Um, so we'll see if he's able to answer those questions this year. But uh, the talent of Kevin Durant, I think, offensively, defensively, do think he's an underrated defender at times. I do think he's an underrated passer at times. Um, it'll be interesting to see him kind of, you know, see if he can lead these this group of guys. And this is kind of the final rodeo. The Suns have went all in on this roster. Kevin Durant is 35. Like, there's not too many times that you're talking about a guy 35 these this high on these lists. Jamie, your thoughts here on Kevin Durant? 
I have uh, KD at six. Um, you want me to just go into it, or have mm-hmm. you given yeah. your six? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mike hit on uh, most of the stats. Uh, the 29 um, points, about seven boards, and five assists. Um, shooting 50 56% from the field um, with the amount of jumpers he takes is just it, – it, it really doesn't make sense. Um, the guy is um, one of the best scorers to ever – live um uh 50 40 90 year last year although um not i don't know if he qualified or if there is even a qualification for that but um i mean like you said steve underrated defender with his height and length um he's missed uh a bunch of time though in the last couple of years another one of those guys that although one of them was a freak injury uh you just want to see him out there and um you know, for a full season to see, uh, if he can get, you know, a rhythm, um, for the playoffs. And, um, I mean, he's, he's single-handedly capable of going punch for punch with anyone in this league, um, as we have seen, and you are right. He is 35 and, um, he's not going to age like LeBron. So he's got to, if he wants to win another ring, it's got to be, you know, either this year or next year, in my opinion, especially with the constructed roster they have. Uh, so, yeah, I got KD at six. Yeah, I will get into KD in a little bit. Mike, you kind of said your piece on him. I will move into my number six. I have Steph here. Um, the reason why I don't have Steph into my top five necessarily is because of the defensive concerns, but obviously we know how great Steph is. Steph is starting to get older. The injuries have been a thing, but that's kind of – the constant theme when we're talking about these players near the top, if it's not injuries, it might just be rest or whatever you want to say. Um, we know what Steph is, and to me, this is probably the last run for the Golden State Warriors with this core. Um, and I think, you know, Steph's going to have a great year. I think he just misses the top six. The reason why he's not in my top five is I think the guys that I have in the top five are just all very elite two-way players, and that's kind of what I lean towards. I understand the greatness of Steph offensively. Um, but again, I don't ignore defense even when it comes to this list. Uh, but we do know that Steph's going to have a very good year. I do just have him here at number six. Um, like I said, I think this is the last shebang here for the Warriors. Can they can they go out and they get number five and kind of own the late 20? Uh, 10s in the early 2020s here as we move forward uh, into the new era. Mike, your thoughts on Steph here at number six? Uh, Steve, we strike again here in the top 10. I got Steph Curry at six as well. Um, You know, a very good year last year, you know, only 56 games. Um, However, almost, you know, 29 a game, six boards, six assists. Uh, You said the defensive, you know, weaknesses. He's a guy that may, you know, pick up steals here and there, but he's not a a guy that you want to, you know, go defend one of your uh, strong perimeter players. You usually have to hide stuff on defense, but um, his offense and productivity and efficiency certainly uh, more than make up for that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, two years ago was a champion. um, So it's uh, clearly still playing at an elite level. Um, for the similar reasons why I think I have him at six to what you said, Steve. Um, but again, a guy when he's completely healthy and playing at his best level, um, he's, you could, he's top three in the league, uh, you know, at the, uh, at those, during those stretches of time. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I predict another like solid good year for stuff, but I do agree. The clock is kind of ticking here. Um, 
not saying for him individually, but kind of for uh, the Warriors run and what we know them as a dynasty in the past. So, uh, yeah, I got him at six. Hey, low key, not low key, because I think Steph's a candidate for this every year. Again, the the three numbers that we love are the 50, 40, 90, the 42, uh, just under 43 percent here on 11.3 threes per game is is just an absolutely absurd number. Um, and, you know, I think that is ultimately why I feel more confident in ranking a guy this talented on offense. Uh, it's the efficiency. It's how good he can shoot, obviously, off the dribble. Uh, he can play off the ball. So many things. Can't wait to see what him and Chris Paul look like together. Um, I do think we're going to see them on the floor a lot. And I think Steph is as dangerous without the ball as he is with the ball. Um, now, Steph's a little more dangerous because he can shoot off the dribble better than anyone we've ever seen. Um, but he also is very good at knowing how to run off screens and running guys out and you know, wearing down defenders over a long course of a game and not just a game but a season or even a series. Jamie, your thoughts here on Steph at number six. Uh, I have Steph um, coming up. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, we know the capabilities of this man. Um, we just got to, you know, hopefully he stays healthy for a full year so this Warriors team we can see fully assembled and see if this run uh, is really over or not. Jamie, who do you have at six? At six, I already did my six. Um, Who? I go five. I had KD at six. Okay, yep, five. At five, I have Jason Tatum, uh, member of the Boston Celtics. Boo. Uh, average about thirty, eight and eight, eight point eight rebounds and four and a half assists. Um, shooting about forty six from the field. Um, I mean, Tatum's ascension last year was definitely obvious. He increased his scoring average and just all around got better. Um, he could do everything on the basketball court that you need him to. Defends at a super high level with his size. Uh, much like KD, the the size and the length um, helps him out a lot defensively. Even when uh, he gets beat, he can... Um, he can recover uh, very, very quickly. Uh, he rebounds the ball well while averaging 30 30 points a game. Um, his assists per game have increased every year since he's been in the league. So I'm looking for maybe about five or six assists per game this year, especially um, with some of the um, additions added. Um, Drew Holiday is a much better shooter than Marcus Smart, um, which isn't saying much. Um, Marcus Smart can hit him, but um, probably shoots about 25% um, in his career. But also Perzingis, um to be able to get a pick and roll with Tatum and Porzingis with him popping um, is definitely going to increase that that assist. And um, I mean, we know we know the odds. Um, the Celtics are right there um, to right there with everybody else um, as far as um, winning a championship or getting to a championship this year. Um, but yeah, it's time for for Tatum to dominate a playoff series and get to another NBA final and um, seal the deal because he has been unable to. Um, and we've hear, we hear all these, all the talks about him and Jalen Brown um, working and not working. I think this year is, is definitely going to tell a lot to see if they're going to stay, stay together or not. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough is Jason Tatum and J- or Jalen Brown. You know, I just because he signed an extension doesn't mean he can get can't get traded down the line. With that being said, though, 
Um, I do have Hugh Tatum here at five as well, JV. Uh, the defense to me is phenomenal. The scoring is phenomenal. The playmaking is my issue. I don't, I don't know. He's kind of always had um, a two to one assist to turnover ratio. It's you know when we're talking about some of these better players, that's this is obviously the area he lacks. Um, he doesn't necessarily see the game the way I wish. And I think that's kind of leads to some of their playmaking issues, especially when your best two players on the team, both lack in the same exact area. Um, I believe when we were talking about Jalen Brown, his turnover to assist ratio was one to one. So for your best player to have it at two to one, your second best player to have it at one to one continues to be the reason why they haven't been able to win in some of these series and some of these big moments um, against the better teams, right? Uh, it's where they continue to fall apart. They kind of melt down. It turns into your turn, my turn. I want to see Jason Sta- Jason Tatum and take the step of being a good playmaker. I'm not saying great. I'm not saying extraordinary. I'm just saying good. Just give me a 2.5, 2.7 to 1 turnover uh, assist to turnover ratio. And I think that is the way to elevate his game because we know the guy, the scorer he is. He shoots 35% from three on nine threes per game. Um, he's a three-level scorer. He's crazy athletic. He defends the best, player, the best wing on teams every single night. Um, that's why I have Jason Tatum in the top five. The playmaking can come. I do think there could be an MVP here in Jason Tatum's near future. But the playmaking needs to come for this thing to all come together. Mike, your thoughts on Jason Tatum here at five. Fellas, I think we have a clean sweep. First one of the night. You're making my job easy. I have Tatum at number five as well. Um, You guys said a lot of um, kind of the analysis on Tatum. I do think the championship is the next stop for him. Um, career-wise, obviously, I think he certainly needs that on the resume, especially with kind of the teams he's had. And to kind of go off that, um, since being in the league, he his teams have uh, had a win percentage over um, 60% for uh, each year he's been in the league, with the exception of the the COVID year. Um, but even that, they're over 500. Um, and then last year, they had a... Uh, a win rate of just just over 70%. So, um, you know, the Titans he's in, he's also, since coming into the league, has been averaging over 30 minutes a game. And then even in the last four seasons, he's averaged over 34 minutes a game. So they've been winning a lot while he's been on the team, and he's been out there a lot while he's winning the team. So clearly he's impacting, um, you know, the Celtics' success. A lot of that may go to management. I just think the next step is literally just winning that NBA championship. And then I think everybody can kind of take a a big sigh of relief uh, into that. But, you know, you guys said all the other stats for him offensively, defensively. Um, He's not afraid to go guard the best player on the floor and can guard multiple positions. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just getting to that next level for him. So, yeah, Tatum um, in my top five as well. Yeah, number five. What comes first, Mike? An MVP or a championship for Jason Tatum? Uh, championship. I think I'm going. And I, only reason I say that, it, well, geez, it could happen in the same year, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I think this year is a, is a great spot for him. Obviously, next year can happen too. It's just there's, I mean, who, Jokic could wind back up at MVP. Giannis. I, I mean, Luka might be knocking on that door. Embiid's obviously there. Um so I think it's just tougher to win that for him. We thought that for him last year too, but it kind of has moments of inconsistency. Jamie, do you think he wins a championship or MVP first? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go championship. It's gonna be really hard to to beat out Jokic and and Giannis um, and MVP 
voting for the next I don't know, five years just because of you know their numbers every single year um but but that celtics team is stacked and if this is the best chance they're probably ever gonna have i agree i do think it's championship but i wouldn't be shocked if he was an mvp this year but i just think i think nicole Jokic getting validated by winning a championship is going to be crazy hard to beat um with that being said, I'll move into number four here. This is where I have Kevin Durant. Um, just a walking 50-40-90, guy who can play defense, who can handle the ball, uh, can probably play one through five. He's obviously not uh, necessarily maybe a brolic enough to play the five consistently, but is able to do it with his length. Um, just what he can do on the basketball court is so appealing to me. He does drive me nuts with the winning. He does drive me nuts with his decision-making. At the end of the day, this guy is still an elite talent. I would never take that away from him, even though I do have my concerns about his legacy. Uh, the player that he is, there's no doubt. I've always said this is the greatest underachiever that we've ever seen in the NBA. Um, and if he's able to win a championship this year, maybe we can put a lot of that to bed. Uh, anyone have any final points here on Kevin Durant? No. no okay. Sir. Let's move into no, Mike no. here at number four. Oh boy. Yeah. This is three and four are tough for me. I got, uh, the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid at number four. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not afraid of it. I'll take the heat. Uh, <laughs> listen, um, did get an MVP very close race. I feel this past season, Many could argue that Jokic was knocking on the door to win another one. Um, Embiid has had success, uh, but he's also really not had success. I mean, uh, Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago, lost on uh, Kawhi's heartbreaker shots. Um, I feel like the playoffs, he can get his numbers, but uh, it's a team. The 76ers have just been a team that we always talk about, about possibly making a deep run and getting to the championship, and it just never comes to fruition. I think in the last X amount of seasons, I'll go four. Embiid has been injured during them like three, if not all four times. I'm not saying it's been like, you know, monumental, but when he's out, he's out and that impacts their ability to win. Um, so he has had good teams around him. Uh, so I'm holding that a little bit against him. Um, if I had to just knock it a bit, but obviously he's got um, scoring ability from uh, all three levels in the paint mid range and will shoot the three ball as well. He is a force on defense too. Um, I think for me, when I get into my number three, I guess this is going to be contradicting, but I need is, are the 76 is going to be a real threat again this year. I feel like nobody's really even talking about him right now because the bucks and the Celtics are, you know who they are. And I, I will hear the buzz around them uh, come right before the season and maybe during the season. But, Right now, I'm not seeing them making a Eastern Conference Finals or even a, uh, let alone a Finals. So, um, I don't know. Uh, Embiid's dominant, no doubt about it. But I think injuries and maybe taking that next step is what I have to kind of knock him for as well. Hmm. Very interesting that you would have him over Luca, or Luca over Embiid. Um, obviously, that's going to be something that we'll talk about as we get into your number three. Uh, unless maybe you have Luke over Giannis and uh, Jokic as well. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Embiid, I love Embiid. I, I think when I talk about Embiid, um, 
I have my conversation like with him and Giannis. Uh, I think he deserves to be in that top three tiers. We'll kind of get into here in a little bit. Um, but in Bede's game offensively, three-level score, uh, does get hurt in the playoffs, which is super unfortunate, but has always been super dominant in the regular season. Uh, we're just waiting for kind of the, you know, we just had the uh, Nikola Jokic playoff run that we've kind of been waiting for, and it kind of feels like we are at any given time going to have the same thing with Joel Embiid. Now, will the pieces around Joel Embiid uh, help elevate him to get him through winning uh, a second series, get to that conference finals, get to the NBA finals. That's for time to tell, but I have no qualms. And I, I do think that Joel Embiid is in a part of that one, two, three discussion more so than maybe here at this spot. But I understand like if you're higher on Luca, it's not hard to see why, you know, we know how good Luca is offensively uh, as that's only going to keep trending in that direction. Jamie, your thoughts here on Joel at four. Yeah, um, I mean, you you hit it a little bit. Um, I think it's too low. Um, I think uh, I don't want to, you know, give away too much. I just think Joel, Joel has to not only deal with the opposing teams, but he also has to deal with his horrible franchise that has been horribly run. Um, whether it's draft picks they've messed up on, signings they get that they want to leave a year after. Um, yeah, Joel... The reigning MVP, um, he's up there with with anybody in my opinion as far as uh, as far as best in this league. I mean, they took Markel Fultz over Jason Tatum. They took Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. They took James Harden over um, um, Tyrese Halliburton. The the 76ers have gotten in the way of Joel Embiid, which is the one thing you don't want to do when you have a guy this good is get in his way. The 76ers have done nothing but just the bat and getting in his way of winning. So I don't necessarily hold the winning against him, but I understand why people do because it does have to fall on the best player, and especially when we're talking about an MVP in the NBA never making the conference finals. Definitely a step where I'm excited to see him to hopefully take this season. Jamie, who do you have here at number four? At number four, I have uh, Steph Curry. Um, I mean, plain and simple, the dude's a winner. Um, he's um, I hit on, hit on it a little bit in the all-time rankings, um, you know, getting drafted to the Warriors who were horrible and, you know, the injuries he dealt with early on and then just slowly worked his way up, um, becoming him and Clay and Draymond becoming, you know, one of the best trios we've ever seen in this league, especially winning-wise. Um, we all know about his three-point shooting being the greatest shooter ever, but his offensive game is so much more than that, with my, in my opinion. Um, his finishing around the rim and his um, mid-range has gotten so much better year after year. And um, he's one of the best finishers as a small guard in this league now. And that just helps his game out so much more. Um, and there's so many little things that, that he brings to a team. Um, uh, he, he, um, he has the opposing point guard running miles and miles and miles every single game which tires him out on offense as well as the countless points he gets Draymond and whoever else is running that dribble handoff wide open layups plays that game after game um he's capable of getting 50 in the playoffs as we've seen last year and as he is yes getting older and 
the injuries have um, kind of been a little crushed, no pun intended, the last couple of years. I still have to have him up there just because I don't think there's another guy in this league that you'd rather have running the running the point and um, maybe all time. So we we will see um, if he can stay healthy this year and see if this Warriors run can continue. 50-point game seven against the Sacramento Kings in mm. what was a very fun series. Uh, this, and Steph having that walk-off game um, kind of shows who Steph is. We always know who Steph has been. Uh, that was one of the signature moments in his phenomenal career. So for him to be able to still do that uh, does mean a lot. And I do think, Jamie, as you alluded to, him running around obviously helps his defense in a sense because it is wearing down the other team's guard and whoever is chasing him. Uh, Mike, your thoughts here at Steph at number four. Yeah, I, I think Jamie brings up a lot of good points. Um, it, it's it's Steph Curry. So like uh, like I said, when the man's healthy and, and playing at his elite level, it's tough not to put him amongst the best in the league. Um, yeah, the, we said the defense, but it's more of what he can do on offense and get others involved. Um, his shot making ability, his ball handling. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, overall, I have him, like I said, at six. So the fact that he's top five is not really a surprise to me. I'm sure on a lot of people's lists, he's there too. Okay. So that puts us into the top three, correct? I'm not missing anyone here. Uh, I think you're right. All right, Mike, since yep. yours is going to be different from what it appears to be. We'll start with you at number three. Yeah, I have um, Luca at number three over Embiid. Kind of went back and forth with it. Um, I'll take, I said I kind of, I'm going to contradict myself because Luca really hasn't done much winning. Um, can go off in a playoff series, but, you know, as far as deep playoff runs as a team and championship aspirations, they're not really there yet. I don't know if they're, you know, they're not even sniffing that this year, I would say. So, uh, to me, I think it's just the, I guess, the insane offensive uh, talent that Luca is. Yeah, I know the defense, too. It's not good. Um, you know, it looks like he's shed some weight this offseason. Um, we'll see what he comes into the league like this year. Maybe maybe that even hurts him. He can't kind of, you know, bump people around so much. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he... Hopefully with that, it adds, it only, you know, increases his game. But I think he's addressed it himself, like that he knows there's defensive concerns. So maybe we see an increase in that or some improvement. Who's to say? I think it's just Luca's, uh, I don't know, pure shock factor on offense and the and the fashion of which he gets at it. It has, has flashy moments, but also has moments of just kind of like, old man ball or some, you know, Larry bird, new age, Larry bird, whatever you want to call it. Um, I can't, I can't just put down the overall talent that he has as an individual, um, just based off the winning, um, if I'm going best players, I think he is one of the best players in the league. Um, even with them not winning, I think he's an MVP threat at times. Uh, been a pro for, you know, age 16 or however long, you know, Jamie said it earlier. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope a big year for him. Uh, I do like Luca, but the complaining with the refs is awful for him, but um, hopefully some maturity happens for him as well. I think the big boost, the defensively, will be having Kyrie, maybe having someone as good offensively uh, to go with him as Kyrie uh, 
has proven to be throughout his uh, career here, um, maybe that will help Luca kind of conserve some energy because the usage for Luca, uh, I think I've said this a lot of times off air to you guys. Maybe I've said it on there. I think the comparisons to Luca and James Harden are way closer than people want to like uh, talk about in a sense, because I think we like how, uh, Luca does it necessary or how Luca kind of gets his, um, but we didn't necessarily like how Jimmy Harden did. And I think like the free throws are kind of a part of it. But when we talk about their games and how their styles, I think there's so many similarities, especially when you're talking about the usage percentage. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see if this doesn't work out again, um, especially with Kyrie, how does this kind of start to work out? How does this start to kind of turn over here for Luca? And where do we view him kind of moving forward? Can will he only just be um, what James uh, James Harden is? I, I think that uh, Luca has more potential, but he really needs to start uh, proving that he's going to be able to do this consistently to show that he's got more than what James Harden does in his back. Jamie, your thoughts here on Luca at number three. Yeah, I'm. I love Luca. Um, yeah, I I kind of touched on it a little bit, um, and I like the the James Harden comparison. Um, and I'll say the same thing I said when James Harden was going off um, during his reign as one of the best in the world, and it it's not going to equate to winning when you're playing one on one basketball over and over again. And um, <laughs> the Mavs may have two of the best in the world as far as. Um, just going one-on-one, but um, as we've seen in this league, it does not equate to winning um, deep deep in the playoffs. So so we shall see. Um, I would lo- I love seeing Luka in the playoffs because of the adjustments that um, the opposing team has to make um, night after night um, to try and stop this guy. I just don't know if they have uh, a deep enough team to do it. They do get Dwight Powell back, um, I think, that helps a lot with just energy wise, um, rebounding, you know, the, the dirty work that Luca and Kyrie don't necessarily want to do. Uh, that definitely helps, but I mean, they, they need a lot more than that. And, um, it's going to be tough for the Mavericks to compete in this, this stacked Western conference. That's what I can't wait to see. I'm, we're going to kind of start breaking into these conferences here soon. Um, and when we start to talk about it with the Dallas Mavericks, you know, I just I don't know where they find their footing. I'm I'm not sure that this is a playoff team. I think they had a nice solid offseason. I think they got things that complement Luka. Um, but the West is just really damn good. And I think there's a lot to play for. And if we're talking about the Mavericks not making the playoffs, I think people would be surprised today. I would not. Um, there's just a lot going on out in the wild, wild West. With they're going to they're gonna have to score 130 a game. Yeah, and that's, that's obviously just not sustainable. No, it's not. Unless maybe you're the Phoenix Suns. We'll see what that offense looks like, but time will can only tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I will move into number three. I have Joel Embiid here. I think Joel Embiid is a just phenomenal. Like where He's been everything for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, it's been unfortunate that he's been injured every year in the playoffs. That's not something that's necessarily controllable. Obviously, when it happens all the time, you wish that it works out better. But it hasn't, and with that being said, it's resulted in a lot of disappointment here for the Philadelphia 76ers. With all of that being said, though, Joel Embiid averaged 33 uh, for a second straight 30-point-per-game season. We know the presence that he is inside as a rebounder. Um, 
he's averaged double digits every year, but his rookie year, or not even his rookie year, it would have been his third year because he missed the first two years with injury. Um, and it's just who he is, dominant uh, inside. And obviously, I have uh, more of an appreciation for those kinds of guys. He does it offensively. He does it defensively. Uh, just the best two-way center in the game. I am no shot at Nicole Jokic. Obviously, Nicole Jokic's offense is way better. But Joel Embiid's offense and defense combined makes me believe that he's the best two-way center in the league. I have him here at number three. And I do think we are just waiting for him to stay healthy so that way when uh, Joel Embiid is healthy, he can go on that same postseason run that Nikola Jokic had. Obviously, it won't be the same in terms of stats or anything, but I do see him dominating a postseason and potentially bringing Philly to the finals at least once in his career. Uh, Jamie, your thoughts on Embiid at number three? Yeah, I have him at three as well. Um, you hit on it, 33-10-4 and four last year, shooting about 54% from the field and uh, about 33 from three. Um, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit about just the organization and what he's had to go through. Um, and still, um, you know, winning an MVP last year um, alongside James Harden, um, who we are still waiting to see. Again, this is the... I don't want to get started on the 76ers, but it's just what it's seemingly every single year. Um, averaged about uh, 1.7 blocks per game and about a steal last year. I can see the blocks definitely um, increasing this year. And I could... Uh, the one thing I don't like about his game at times is he he may settle for those those jumpers a little too much. But he's also... I mean, it's tough to say when he's... When he's his, his field goal percentage is still 54. Um, so it's not like it's hurting it too much. Um, plus, you know, the more you're inside, the more you're apt to get um, an elbow in the face, as we've seen <laughs> the last, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before with the broken nose. Um, I mean, plain and simple, Joel Embiid is, uh, I mean, obviously your top three, in my opinion, in the league. And um, I could see him, you know, I think the 76ers are going to take a little step back this year. Um, but um, I do see him being another MVP candidate just because of the sheer um, talent and size and just skill of this guy. There's, I think he might be the hardest guy to guard in the league. Um, and that's not no shot at Jokic either. Um, it's just a different level of basketball to me. Mm, yeah, I understand what you're saying, Jamie, but we have not seen like we've no, seen no, no, the I, we'll we've seen Embiid. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. you. We the only thing that that's tough to say about that is in, in, with Jokic, you just you literally can't double him because he's such a good passer, so smart with the ball. Uh, Mike, you have any uh, apologies you got to say here to a Joel Embiid? Or are you good? No, I mean, I, there's times I think he takes possessions off as well. I think he. Uh, I think in the playoffs, I don't know how much he wanted that ball to go get the ball down the stretch. I think James Harden led to some shots, led to some turnovers. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not a Joel Embiid hater, but I'm I'm uh, okay to where I have him on my list. But yeah, really nothing bad. All right, um, that puts us at number two. We all have the same top two here, so I don't. Do we? So we all have Giannis and Jokic. Does anyone have Giannis over Jokic? I do not. Nope. Okay, so Mike, I will let you start us into Giannis. We'll kind of all touch on Giannis. We'll kind of touch on Jokic, and uh, we will wrap this thing up. 
Yeah, Giannis. Um, we talk about elite two-way players, um, and he is up there. I think I just, honestly, maybe minutes before we jumped on the pod here, I saw that I think NBA owners ranked him first overall, I think, for best defensive Defense. or yeah, yeah for a potential defensive player um and it wasn't up. really that close no it really wasn't and <laughs> uh it makes sense to me I, I i think he's a guy that presently you know with with their uh you know team presently constructed as is i think he's a guy who really could go out and potentially win an mvp and then also win um defensive player of the year and who knows make a finals run i mean we could be talking about uh, a career year here for Giannis, and that's just kind of the caliber player he is. Um, the offensive dominance is there. We know we know where we can take our shots at Giannis here is the, the mid-range and the shot. Even if the percentage isn't there, I, I feel like it's climbing a bit. I don't have that number directly in front of me. Um, to me, it's the fact that he is taking it and trying to make defenses um, be a little more honest with him. Um, I think there are certain teams that do play him well or play him better um, now that you you know you wall up and force him out of transition and you know little things like that but he still is a player who's going to go out there and you know get a double double if not a triple double and I think that speaks volumes to his game as can go out there and give you 40 50 if if it so happens or can also dish out 12 assists get you 15 boards Um, he's just that kind of player uh, very team first, very likable guy in the NBA, but also has that dog in him. So, um, yeah, I can't speak. Giannis is one of my favorite players, has been for years. So I, I really like him having a great year this year. Again, you could he could get it offensive and defensively, but can't put him over Jokic after the season he just had. This is my only pick. My only pick about Giannis. Um, I, first of all, I think the Damian Lillard ad is so good for what the Bucks are going to try to do um, because I think there was too many times where Giannis was bringing up the ball. I don't want Giannis to bring up the ball. I want Giannis to kind of either catch it at the high elbow, kind of catch it in the low paint, uh, kind of just play off his mismatch uh, or match it or playing off of whoever's guarding him. Uh, if they're big, if they try to go big, he can kind of play in that mid-range area. If he goes small, he can obviously try to go down to the post. Those are the areas that I like Giannis in, especially when we're talking about a pick and roll as a screener. Um, my only pick about Giannis, and everyone wants to rave and rave and rave about how good he is defensively. Um, my only thing that I want to mention, like, do we not take anything away from him being more of a off the ball, de- like great defender than on the ball defender? Like, obviously the length, um, he's obviously good in the paint as a defender, so it's hard to go around him. And when you do, his length makes up for it. But when Giannis is truly great defensively, it is to me, when he is playing off the wall, kind of protecting the rim and all of that. And that's kind of like, I do think he's very good. I think he is a very elite. He might be the best defender. I'm not saying that. Um, But he's not necessarily always the best on-ball defender. And I think that's where it kind of gets mixed up. But everything else... Everything else with Giannis is what it is. I mean, he is a he's a dominant force inside the jumper. It's hit or miss. Uh, the three is just not. I, I don't think we get the three from him as a consistent one. Um, but I do think he will be a consistent to consistent decent mid range shooter. Um, but yeah, with that being said, I, that's kind of my only thing. 
um, as him as a defender when everyone talks about him being so high. I just wish he was maybe a little bit better on the ball. Not that he's bad, but I think that would truly put him in like that elite, elite defensive all-time category. Jamie, your thoughts here on Giannis um, at two. Yeah, you guys hit on a lot of points. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. I think there's probably three, two other guys in the history of the game that are better in transition or, you know, at his level, and that's Magic and LeBron. Um, I just think in transition, there's nobody better in this league right now. Um, or really, uh, you can argue all time. Um, he's an absolute animal in transition. Um, he's called the Greek freak for a reason. He's built like a freaking Greek god. Um, pause. Uh, you know, if there's if there's anybody in this league that's capable of putting a team on his back and bringing them to the NBA Finals, it's this guy. And um, still at a young age, although has been in the league for a while, um, I just there's not there's one other person in this league, obviously, that I would take over him right now, and that is Jokic. But man, any given night, I could I could switch. I could flip-flop those guys. Um, Giannis is just an absolute dog. And um, I also I love the winning mentality and putting putting the front office on notice. Like, hey, give me a team. Give me this. Give me that. Because I am that dude. And if you don't do that, then I'm just going to bring my talent somewhere else and win somewhere else. So um, I love Giannis. A um, little, you know, uh, kind of an oddball. Um <laughs> Some might say, but I mean, last year almost averaged almost averaged 12, 12 rebounds a game at uh, thirty one points per game, um, shooting fifty five percent from the field. And I don't, I don't necessarily think the dude needs to shoot threes. Uh, often the times when he does shoot threes, the defense is giving him so much cushion. He can even take a dribble, dribble or two in and just take that jumper. Um, I think the jumper is only going to get better as we've seen in this league. People who struggle with shooting early on, um, they just their jumper gets better and better every year. I mean, look at LeBron, look at look at Jordan, look at all these greats. Um, their jumper only got better um, as they got older, and I think that's the same case for this man. Um, and once that jumper is falling, I've said this a couple of years now, it hasn't. But once that jumper starts falling, he becomes even more dangerous. I think when team, I think when he tries to pull for three, I think teams just take a deep breath of like relief. I, oh, I think absolutely! They're obvi- like, like you that's want to take it. Yeah. yeah, like if you're playing Giannis, you want him to shoot threes uh, because that right now is the weakness in his game. But with that being said, I, that that'll come. Let's move into the guy where uh, you know defense was the weakness for Nikola Jokic. Um, but his ability to really clean that up has allowed the Denver Nuggets to go on this run in which they win an NBA championship. Last year, uh, the year before they played the Warriors, he kind of got really uh, attacked in that pick and roll. They lost in five games off his second MVP uh, trophy. Wasn't even playing when they announced him. Uh, it was kind of one of those weird ones, but Nikola Jokic has been so good as a triple threat uh, in the center. He's Again, we talked about this. He's on my all-time list. Def- offensively, he's one of the very few players of all time. You've just not been able to actually uh, show any kind of double team because when you did, uh, his, his passing and his intelligence of the game, just knowing the system, knowing uh, how, knowing his teammates, knowing where they're going to be, uh, he's just been an elite, elite 
playmaker in the NBA to go with, you know, is obviously three level scoring to go with his improved defense. This has been the best player in the NBA. And I, I just don't think it's really much of a debate. And I think if we would have known that they would have won the title this year, I think voters would feel extremely different and probably would have voted him as the MVP. No slight to Joel Embiid three assists away from averaging a triple-double as a center. It's just crazy if he gets those three assists or if he has a title behind his name, what we're actually talking about with the with the um, the career of an early-age Nikola Jokic. Mike, your thoughts on Jokic here? One of my biggest <laughs> issues with Jokic here, and it's kind of a half-joking matter, but I, I can also see it happening, is they're talking about this man like potentially just retiring like way way early, but honestly, kind of seems like his personality. They, he, I, he and Kawhi are interesting to me because it just seems like basketball is something they're good at, and you know they they play it because they are good at it, not like the sheer passion and love for it. So I certainly hope that's not the case for Jokic, but um, I every now and again I see that slung around, and I hope not. But uh, no, Jokic, I mean. What can you not say after he, he proved a lot of people wrong? I think he had a good amount of haters, I'll say. Um, I think he proved them wrong. Steve, you mentioned kind of the defensive uh, struggles at times here and there. He's not a super mobile guy. He's not a super athletic guy. Um, that's not his bread and butter. It's it's just not who he is, and he's never going to be an elite defender. Can he be serviceable? Sure. He's got good size, good length, um, you know, can contest shots, I would say, but he, He's not going to be an elite defender, so it's tough to kind of put that on him. Um, you know, that's why you build rosters around him um, and and get other personnel to pick some of that slack up. But you said it, you can't. He's a guy that I would say arguably, I'm not sure there's another one in the league that you could put above him of guys you cannot, absolutely cannot double team. He's 100% of the time going to make you play or make you pay. Uh, he's a guy that does not really make the wrong play ever. Does he have turnovers, this and that? Sure, he's human, but um, the IQ is through the roof. He sees plays, three plays before they develop. Um, can score the ball, can give you 50 if he needs to. We've seen that from him. Can get you 20 boards. We've seen that from him. Um, can also go out there and get you 15 assists. We've seen that from him. Um, what? I don't know. He's a guy that <laughs> not super flashy in his game, can have like – Fun, uh, you know, fun passes and this and that, but uh, just a guy that goes out there and knows how to play the game of basketball. Some of these guys, you know, you can see them develop, you can see them learn. Um, he's a he's a guy that just again knows the right move at the right time um, at a, an all time crazy elite level, um, and we see how that's impacted the winning. Uh, and with really not a ton of support around him, he's one of the guys in the league that truly makes others around him better while still also getting his averages. Um, super unselfish, super composed. Um, yeah, I, he's what you want in a winning uh, championship caliber player. Yeah, like I said, the athleticism maybe not be there, but for his game, it really doesn't need to be there. And honestly, it feels like when he's playing, it just, whatever he wants to do, he can do it when he wants to do it. Not many players you feel have that impact on a game, but with Nikola Jokic, if... If he wants to score, he can score. If he wants to pass, he can pass. He can kind of just uh, get to where he wants to go. And I, I, when you have that much control over a game, you're obviously deserving. Jamie, is this the least exciting superstar that we've had in the NBA since Tim Duncan? 
Uh, no, it's not even close. Um, and you, we've touched on you know the passing ability. Obviously, it's it's pretty pretty evident, and you know you can't double him and stuff like that. But last year, the most efficient play in the NBA was a Jokic post up, and I mean that's just that just touches on you know. Yeah, all these stats are cool and everything, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes down to it, get the guy in the post. And the most efficient play in the world is him just posting up. Um, he was also, per per 100 possessions here, he was number one in offensive shares, uh, or offensive win shares, number one in win shares, number one in offensive box plus minus, number one in defensive blocks plus minus, defensive Box plus minus number one in value over replacement. Um, I mean, you, across the board, every offensive category, this guy had his hand in, and he was mostly at the top. Um, there's no recency bias that needs to be applied here. The guy is the best in the world. Um, he has been for the last three years. Um, it's good to see them finally win a championship. And there's also no other player, I don't think, in this world that can stand at the podium post game or even this year when he got back um basically when they asked um you know how was your summer and he said uh not bad you know i wish i wish it was longer uh it wasn't as long because we won the championship so it's basically like (laughs) the dude doesn't even care he cares but he doesn't at the same time like he just wants to go home after the season and chill in serbia and mess around with his horses and then just come (laughs) back and and just dominate this league um year after year it's 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 astonishing um the guy just remains um that calm cool collected um boom 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 give you a triple double every single night and um leave you wondering what the hell happened um after seeing him play the lakers last year in the postseason with those stupid one-legged shot clock about to expire threes um you know i'm the guy can do it all um i'm sick of the greatness um but also i i embrace it because the dude's one of one uh he's a legend and uh before before it's all said and done he might he might be in the top 10 how about a guy who maybe magic maybe you want to say lebron but how many players in the history of basketball do teams have to have an honest discussion when they're uh, game planning for him of saying, do we want him to score, you know, 30, 40, or do we want him to dish out 15 assists like that? That's what teams had to do in the playoffs is how do we want to let him score and take away his passing? Or do we want to take away his passing and let him score? I mean, it's, it's but phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because even, even when they try to do that, He's so... <laughs> it, it takes like a quarter and he'll have 25 and, in eight and you'll be like wait i thought we were supposed to stop him from scoring or stop him from assisting and it's like well we tried coach like i don't know what yeah, to tell no, you he dog. Adjusts. He can yeah, adjust. it's crazy on the fly yeah there's i mean that's that's the hardest part with him in the playoffs right like he he makes the adjustments quicker than you know pretty much anyone and you know the minute you try to switch up something it does might take him a possession or two but he ultimately has always figured it out uh, the Lakers made some really nice adjustments in three of the four games. I believe they're all really close, all down to the wire. Every game, the Lakers kept feeling like they were going to find something, they are going to find something. But ultimately, I think when you look back at it, Nicole Jokic's ability to 
adjust on the fly. It was ultimately the the dictator and how that series went. Yes, it was a sweep, um, but was still a very good series. Nikola Jokic is definitely deserving uh, of this top spot. He's been the best player here in the NBA for a couple of years, in my opinion. Um, and I think he's the standard of the NBA right now. You know, I think a lot of teams are trying to find ways to slow down Nikola Jokic. And, you know, that's what they are trying to do to get past the Denver Nuggets as the Denver Nuggets will be going back to uh, defend their title. Um, Jamie, do you think or no, Jamie, so you don't think that Nicole Jokic to the to the fan, when I say the least fun superstar, I mean like when you're talking like social media and all this, like Nicole Jokic is just kind of like not fun to watch for some people because it's more about X's and O's and how he sees the game. Am I crazy about that? I just feel like No, no, yeah. Yeah. You okay. hit that right on the head. It's um Because it's know, like there's... Tim Duncan. You don't know how to like you don't accept it for what it really is at times. If you don't know basketball and you watch this guy play, you would not you, you wouldn't think he's remarkable. You wouldn't think he's great um, until you look at the box score at the end of the day. But and that when that guy walks in the gym, you definitely don't think he's the best player in the world. With all due to respect, exactly, exactly the way he's built, um, you know, um, just everything about him, his mentality, <laughs> his personality, everything. Um, he's just not. Uh, he's not Giannis who's going to run down your throat and, you know, throw it down on you. He's not Embiid who's overpowering and um, just sheer dominance. Um, he's he's just different, man. And he probably still doesn't get the love he deserves just because he isn't that exciting, um, super athletic freak that, that, you know, most people love. But if you really know basketball and you – watch the games the guy is absolutely incredible and i don't know if he'll ever get the recognition he may um deserve um i mean if you really know basketball you know how great this guy is i agree any final points here on nikola Jokic? no i'm good mike least least like fun superstar since tim duncan uh no i think i think tim duncan holds that alone timmy ain't giving me uh like triple doubles, one-legged fadeaway threes, you know, through the leg or behind the back passes or no-look passes over that. He's called Mr. Fundamental for a reason. It's true. There's no flash to the game. It's great. It's Fair amazing. Point. But Jokic at but least got a little bit of something. Since, to... since Timmy, though. Oh, yeah, since, since Timmy, yeah, since. sorry. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. If you look at the superstars, they, they all got a little more to offer it far as far as flashiness and um, – playing attractiveness than you know Giannis. Absolutely. Or, sorry, Giannis well, Jokic, Jamie? Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say oh no 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 you're good. I was thinking yeah. Anyway, um any final points here fellas? It's been a long last couple of weeks doing these lists. It's been a lot of research. It's been a lot of work. I appreciate you guys. You guys obviously put the time in. Uh I think this turned out pretty good and it's definitely something I'm excited to keep doing uh as we move forward here. Any final points before we get out of here? No, sir. All right, Jamie, get us started. All right, fellas. Um, The last list is done. Um, Now now it's basketball time, basically. Um, Talk about this season upcoming. I'm pretty excited about it, as I stated um, in the intros. Um, Again, appreciate the love, the the listens, um, the the shit-talking I get um, 
because of my list. I love it all. Um, and we will see you next time. Michael. Yes, sir. Uh, as always, everybody, we appreciate the support. Um, even the, the critiques you may have here and there, it's all, um, you know, helpful to us. So thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, the lists are done. They were fun. Uh, like you said, Steve, a lot of research, some long episodes, but, uh, made for some good debate. Hopefully everybody has had a little fun with it and had debates with their, uh, you know, circle of friends and family and NBA watchers. So hope you've enjoyed that. And yes, Jamie said it, we're, we're getting to the nitty gritty of actual basketball uh, and season where we can discuss, you know, things almost on a nightly basis that happen in the NBA. So looking forward to that. Just a couple more weeks. Um, so, yeah, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Mike and Jamie, appreciate you guys. It's been a it's been a busy, busy, heavy uh, lifting last couple of weeks with research, with uh, putting these lists together. It's it's been difficult, but it's been a lot of fun. So I thank you guys for everything that you do. I appreciate our supporters and our listeners. Uh, you guys are phenomenal. We see the love every single episode. We can't thank you guys enough. Uh, continue to give us feedback. Continue to talk some smack. Hopefully, we can keep growing this thing. Um, it's it's been a really fun ride, guys. We are right around the corner from our first year together. Uh, it's been a very successful first year, very exciting first year. We can't wait to see what year two has in store for us. Um, and you know, we're we're 14 days away. We're two weeks away from the NBA season starting. We're kind of getting to the middle portion here of the NFL season, which brings along the NBA with us. I cannot wait to watch NBA League Pass every night, watching two, three, four games a night. Uh, it is easily one of my favorite times of the year early in the NBA. Um, I can't wait to see how it plays out. The next episode, we're going to be having the Eastern and the Western Conference previews coming up. Not the just one, but those that'll be they'll each have their own episode. Um, but until then, enjoy the preseason. We'll talk about the teams now. The players are over with. Now we're going to trans- transition into teams. And then, obviously, in a couple weeks, we will be making our selections. Just want to say thank you guys again. Until next time, peace out. to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.